Hi, and welcome to More Human, More Resources, the HR podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Vicki Brown, your host and CEO of Vidominale Enterprises. As a serial entrepreneur, I understand that having the right expert help has been critical to my success. That's why I'm dedicated to telling you, in plain language, what's going on in the world of HR that might impact your business and what you need to do about it with real actionable tips to help you master that list of must-dos and grow your leadership muscle. First things first, the information contained in this podcast is provided for general purposes only and is not to be considered legal advice. Your decision to adopt or not adopt any practice or procedure mentioned in this podcast is solely yours and we bear no responsibility for the outcome. We urge you to always consult legal counsel and other appropriate licensed professionals. And with that, let's get into the show. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 16. In this week's episode, our question of the day is Part 2 of How to Do an Employee Review. But before we do a deep dive on that question, let's take a quick look at what's happening around the nation. Many employers are stumped regarding what to do about vaccination. You know, while most guidance outlines that employers can mandate vaccination for returning workers, the potential pitfalls, such as discrimination claims, providing reasonable accommodation, and possibly crossing the line around the worker's medical history, well, all that has left many employers to reject the notion of required vaccination and look instead to incentives. But incentives have their own sets of issues. Things to keep top of mind. Will the incentive be considered a bonus and trigger payroll taxes, or even impact the calculation of overtime pay? Now, on to the question of the day. Last week, in part one of this series on performance, we talked about types of review systems and feedback timing. Well, today we're going to focus on goal setting and the actual review meeting. People get goals and objectives mixed up all the time, and in fact, they're mostly used interchangeably. But the major similarity between goals and objectives is that both involve forward motion, but one is an in outcome, a goal, and one is a tactic to achieve the outcome, an objective. For example, if the goal is to lose 30 pounds, the outcome, the objective is to do 30 minutes of cardio three times per week, the tactic. Oh, there's one more piece of the puzzle, the milestone. These are many accomplishments. So in this example, a milestone could be to get up at 6 a.m. to go to the gym, a mini accomplishment. Now remember, when you set a goal, it really should be a SMART goal, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And keep milestones in mind. If the goal will take three months to complete, setting mini accomplishments can be really helpful. Now, if you want the review process to be effective and have impact, get your employee involved from the very beginning. Encourage them to take an active role in setting performance objectives, designing action plans to help them achieve their goals, identifying their professional strengths and weaknesses, and giving their input on how to improve. It also helps to involve them in the actual performance appraisal meeting by allowing them to do a self-assessment prior to the meeting. Employees are much more vested in their performance when they play an active role in designing and guiding it. 
Now, once you've measured your employee's performance, you need to document your findings in a useful way that will help you prepare for appraisal reviews and avoid discrimination charges. Make sure all documentation is objective based on performance, not personalities. Document the performance of all employees, not just perceived troublemakers or star performers. And be sure that your documentation provides complete and accurate information that supports your conclusions about the performance. Include both favorable and unfavorable comments so that you give a realistic picture. After all, no one is perfect and no one is without some redeeming qualities. You'll also find that using the notes from the spot feedback and mid-year check-in sessions can give you valuable information when you sit down to do the final review. Now, on to the meeting. When you sit down to prepare for the actual review meeting, make sure you've objectively reviewed your employee's performance, you've documented your evaluation in a written appraisal, You've thought carefully about new goals for your employee, and you scheduled a time and place for the meeting, giving your employee ample notice so that they have time to prepare. Make sure you've blocked out quiet, uninterrupted time so you can give your full attention to the task at hand. Conducting effective reviews is difficult, partly because of the sensitive nature of being on review. So it's important that you focus on the positive, Make sure you always keep the conversation focused on professional behavior and performance. Don't ever get personal. Stick to the objective examples, especially when pointing out an area that needs improvement. Continue to invite response and feedback throughout the meeting. Never let the discussion become one-sided. And use your active listening skills. Maintain eye contact. Listen with the intent of understanding and conveying empathy, not figuring out what you're going to say next. Use paraphrasing, summarizing, and asking clarifying questions. Create a we mentality because that shows that you are both working together to help the employee give the best performance and have the best available career opportunities. Now, a word about raises. A lot of the time, raises are associated with performance appraisals, and employees may expect to receive a raise immediately after their review, especially if they receive a good evaluation. It's very important to make sure your employees know company policy on raises, preferably before you begin the review meeting. Are raises strictly based on performance evaluations? Are there other components of determining raises, like company and team performance? Are raises completely separate from performance? You'll have to decide which approach works for your culture, but whichever you decide, make sure your employee is clear before you go into the performance review process. It helps avoid confusion. One additional note about your approach as you think about someone's performance. It's important that you separate an employee's behavior from their identity. Avoid making blanket assumptions about the person. Focus on the actual negative behavior rather than the perception of the attitude. You may want to address the fact that Mary comes into work each day in a foul mood, but instead address the actual behaviors that you and others can see. For example, Mary may refuse to answer work-related questions, become argumentative and inflexible when given an assignment, or behave in an unwelcoming and off-putting way with team members. Your review should focus on Mary's behaviors rather than a perceived bad mood or attitude. 
You can measure improvement in Mary's behaviors, but since you can't see into Mary's psyche, you have absolutely no way to measure her mood or attitude. Another bonus with this approach, it lessens the likelihood that Mary will feel personally attacked. When someone feels attacked, they're far less likely to engage in improvement efforts. So don't make it a personal issue. And keep in mind that the purpose of any review is to help your valuable team member grow their skills and their contribution to the business. Identifying areas of development and setting SMART goals will go a long way in positioning them for success. If you found this information helpful, please leave a review and tell a friend. Thanks for spending the time. Until next week, same time, same place.